yeah, also, why is she... Hold on. If she's in the storeroom restocking, why is she restocking the storeroom unless they got a delivery? There's no... Sorry, I'm just thinking, like, really mechanically right now, because I work in this a similar kind of industry. Uh, I, I work as a deli clerk, and the only reason you would be in the back restocking the back is if you got a delivery. Yeah. But that doesn't really matter. It just shows to me that E.L. James has never worked in that situation. Some people have never worked retail, and it fucking shows. Yeah, absolutely. Um, retail's tough. For young listeners out there who don't have a job yet, highly recommend trying to get a grocery store cashier job at an independent grocery store or a small business grocery store. It will be a lot more relaxed. It's very likely that your manager will be on your side in interactions and you will not be run ragged like I was. My, one of my very first jobs, I worked fast food. They run you off your feet. You will be exhausted and uh, with an independent store, there's more face-to-face -face opportunity to negotiate with your bosses. So that's just a little sidebar. Capitalism is a hell of a drug. When uh, I arrive home later, Catherine is wearing headphones and working on her laptop. Her nose is still pink, but she has her teeth into a story. So she's concentrating and typing furiously. I'm thoroughly drained, exhausted by the long drive the grueling interview, my being rushed off my feet at Clayton's. I slump on the couch, thinking about the essay I have to finish and all the studying I haven't done today because I was holed up with... him. You got some good stuff here, Anna. Well done. I can't believe you didn't take him up on his offer to show you around. He obviously wanted to spend more time with you. She gives me a fleeting, quizzical look. See, I flush, is... and my heart rate inexplicably increases. I, I, I want to pause there just for a quick second and say, when we talk about the hand of God, this is what we mean. This is, E.L. James has descended into the narrative and manipulated Catherine, so she's not asking the right questions anymore. Or she's not saying things that normal human beings with brains and hearts say. Yeah. It would not, a journalist who presumably is pretty good at inferring tone and reaction from listening to something, she would know Anna didn't take him up on his offer because she was fucking scared. Yeah. And then she would be pulling at that thread. But no, E.L. James has descended and been like, no, 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 we're going to turn the head this way. And she's going to be like, oh, why didn't she take up the sexy dude on his offer? Because they have to fuck at some point. So she's manipulated the story into in acting that way. Also, Kate makes fleeting eye contact with Anna. And then Anna flushes and her heart rate inexplicably increases. Gay. Because every single interaction with them is just is just unintentionally very, very gay. <sighs> that wasn't the reason, surely. He just wanted to show me around so I could see that he was lord of all he surveyed. I realize I'm biting my lip as I stare at my roommate, and I hope Kate doesn't notice, but she seems absorbed in her transcription. I hear what you mean about formal. Did you take any notes? She asks. Um, no, I didn't. That's fine. I can still make a fine article with this. Shame we don't have some original stills. Good-looking son of a bitch, isn't he? I flush. I suppose so. I try hard to sound disinterested, and I think I succeed. Oh, come on, Anna. Even you can't be immune to his looks. She arches a perfect eyebrow at me. Crap. I distract her with flattery. Always a good ploy. You probably would have got a lot more out of him. I doubt that, Anna. Come on, he practically offered you a job. Given that I foisted this on you at the last minute, you did very well. She glances up at me speculatively. 
I make a hasty retreat to the kitchen. This is just so incredibly can, gay. Can, can, like, it's spectacular. Can Anna have any thought without, like, putting a tag on it? Like, she glances up at me speculatively. She arches a perfect eyebrow at me. Just like, can you just... I, I hate it. Well, no, you have to, you have to, you have to do that so that you sound more writery and you're writing better words. You're writing more words. Because you're a writer also, who's writing. I also want to point out the redundancy of at me. Yeah. Well, there's nobody else in the room, so we know logically as humans with brains that Anna and Kate are the people who are looking at each other. We don't need yeah, to say, you would, she's not you looking would... at she actively pointed out if she was looking somewhere else, because then that would be like an uh, the ordinary thing that she was doing. Like if she looked away to ar to like to arch her eyebrows, then it would be like a thing, you know, because she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, she's being shady. Also, I like how in four paragraphs, two of them start with the word "I flush." Also, why is it always flush and not blush? Because blushing is what harlots do, Victor. And um, oh goodness. Flushing is what innocent, yeah, virginal, pure girls who aren't like the other girls do. Yeah, if you're blushing, that's like, that's, that's is, wantonly. Is that a tacit acknowledgement of arousal? Then, if you say blush instead of flush, yes, probably. Because a flush yeah. is just like, oh no, I have the vapors. Um, I guess I don't know. It's I just hate, I hate this sort of shorthand of like, oh, I'm embarrassed, I'm gonna blush again. And then I guess four paragraphs, maybe two seconds later in this conversation, I'm gonna blush again. <laughs> and I'm going to distract her with flattery that comes off as a really strong flirtation. Like, yeah. that you probably would have got a lot more out of him. That's That's gay. That's a gay thing to say, because you're saying, no, you're prettier than me. Come on. Okay. So what did you really think of him? Damn, she's inquisitive. Why can't she just let this go? Think of something quick. He's very driven, controlling, arrogant, scary, really, but very charismatic. Mm. I can understand the fascination, I add truthfully, as I peer around the door to her, hoping this will shut her up once and for all. You? Fascinated by a man? That's a first, she snorts. Gay! I start gathering the makings of a sandwich so she can't see my face. Why did you want to know if he was gay? Incidentally, that was the most embarrassing question. I was mortified, and he was pissed to be asked too. I scowl at the memory. Whenever he's in the society pages, he never has a date. It was embarrassing. The whole thing was embarrassing. I'm glad I'll never have to lay eyes on him again. Oh, Anna, I can't have been that bad. I think he sounds quite taken with you. Taken with me? Now Kate's being ridiculous. Would you like a sandwich? Please. I I don't mind that as a closeout. Like, do you would you like a sandwich? Please, and then we don't have to see them making the sandwiches and doing that. Like that's a that's a pretty decent closeout. Uh, um But really e. Anna just think like al allows us to infer what the characters are going to do. I, I really like he's very driven, controlling, arrogant, scary, really. Like that's 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 an accurate assessment. He is a scary individual. You should be afraid of him. It should tell you something that you're afraid of this man. That's something you should notice is when you feel afraid of somebody. Uh, here we go. Yeah, I um, 
I also don't understand why Anna keeps being surprised that Kate's, like, asking her questions. Because that's what journalists do, generally. Like, good ones ask questions. They ask difficult questions. The yeah, really good like, ones ask questions that will completely throw people for a loop. Like, Kate was supposed to be at that interview. She's trying to get the kind of level of information that she would have had if she was sitting there in the room, because that's what she would need to, like, write the best possible story. And Anna's just right. like, no, I'm embarrassed because I got horny. <laughs> I also want to point out the... If this were me approaching, I, I say I got sick. D records an interview for me. I would not sit down and transcribe verbatim that whole interview because that's just a waste of my time unless it was supposed to be transcribed. If there's no reason to transcribe something, then you don't need to take that extra step. Um, you can pull quotes directly from that audio without having to write down the entire conversation. I used to do transcription, so this is it's it's just a point I want to point out. Yeah, I mean that's so. why whenever even when you're reading like articles that are specifically just interviews, like like with like the kind of almost scriptish format where it's like reporter says question, person says answer in a new paragraph, they always have the little thing about being like this interview has been edited for length and clarity because you don't yeah. just write down every single thing that everyone said. Because people right. say a lot of dumb shit things. Look at everything I've said in these recordings. Look at everything E.L. James has ever said. Uh, that's true. But look at every interview E.L. James has ever given. <laughs> I've never said... You know what? That's something we should do. We should sit down and have a watch party where we watch a couple of interviews. Oh. One with Meyer, one with James, and one with Todd. Oh. Has Todd given a lot of interviews? She's given at least one for Rico.net. Uh... But I don't know if there's any, like, recorded interviews available. And I want to know if there are any, because if she has never been recorded, then she's fucking a hologram. She's a fucking hologram. We Doesn't exist. We have some conspiracy theories, and we have evidence for them. So, get ready. This It'll, it'll come up. Our tinfoil hats, we're all wearing tinfoil hats. I just want to put that out there. Uh, that's my uniform when I record. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, all right. I actually never wear a tinfoil hat because what the tinfoil actually does is it just uh it it reflects the uh the harmful waves like back into your brain so they're kind of ricocheting around bouncing around in there more. See tinfoil hats are a psyop. That's what they want you to wear a tinfoil hat because then their mind control works on you better. <laughs> so you're saying that the tinfoil hatters are actually the biggest sheeple. Exactly. Wow. Really, what you should be doing is just strapping a big satellite dish to your head so you can just take in all of the data. Yeah, d data data mine the data miners. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Uh, Am I still uh, going? No. I think this is, my, this is my last chunk. I don't... Yeah, I just... Yes. We talked no more of Christian Grey that evening, much to my relief. Once we've eaten, I'm able to sit at the dining table with Kate, and while she works on her article, I work on my essay on Tess with the Durbervilles. Damn, but that woman was in the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong century. Just a little bit redundant, but, but okay. By the time I finish, it's midnight, and Kate has long since gone to bed. I make my way up to my room, exhausted, but pleased that I've accomplished so much for a Monday. Okay, Garfield. <laughs> I curl up in my white iron bed. Wrapping my mother's quilt around me, close my eyes, and I'm instantly asleep. That night I dream of dark places, bleak white cold floors, grey eyes. Sounds like a bad the fucking rest of the week, dream. Yeah, it's 
some Lovecraftian shit. Um, the rest of the week, I throw myself into my studies and my job at Clayton's. Uh, it is busy, too. I want to say for the record here, I've not read Tess of the D'Urbervilles. As I understand it, it's a fucking slog. So, like, I if this character had any actual character, she would probably be bitching about this book. It's a big, chunky oh, book. She loves classic British literature. That's, like, one of her only personality traits, allegedly. Yeah, but you could pick a piece of British literature that doesn't make me want to die when I lay eyes on it. Um, also, Tess of the D'Urbervilles would be a really interesting story to hook into this. Because that's another one where you end up with a, a naive young woman in a bad situation where she is the one who is blamed for every single action that takes place. So, uh, I don't think Tess of the D'Urbervilles is inherently misogynist, per se, but it certainly has that element in it. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like E.L. You know, James is going to be like, I was working on my essay on The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. <laughs> no, I don't think E.L. James likes poetry somehow. It, somehow I just get that it impression. Shows. Uh, D, I think it's your turn. Oh, good. Good, good. Uh, Alright. For the rest of the week, I throw myself into my studies and my job at Clayton's. Kate is busy, too, compiling her latest edition of her student magazine before she has to relinquish it to the new editor, while also cramming for her oh. finals. Hold on a second. Her student magazine? Like, she started this? Uh, I don't. That's a really weird turn of phrase to use, because usually student newspapers are, like, attached to a university and not a specific person. Yeah, it, it's it's odd. It's an odd turn of phrase. This is Kate's, this is Kate's underground lesbian zine. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'd subscribe. She, she's, she's writing an essay, she's writing an article on how Christian Grey is a homophobe and uh, misogynist, so... In a, whatever she, alternate world that is, the story is better. Yeah. Do continue. By Wednesday, she's much better, and I no longer have to endure the sight of a pink flannel with too many rabbits, PJs. I thought they were cute. I thought we established that these were cute pajamas. And now she's like... She has to endure them because of the inappropriate thoughts they give her. <sighs> Something like that, because your friend wears them as a comfort item, and you're sitting there being like, God, I hate these pajamas. Like, Don't beat that. Uh, I call my mom in Georgia to check on her but also so she can wish me luck for my final exams, because I'm a huge narcissist. She proceeds to tell me about her latest venture into candle making. My mother is all about new business ventures. Fundamentally, she's bored and wants something to occupy her time, but she has the expectant span of a goldfish. E.L. James, are you writing about yourself? <laughs> Holy Christ. shit. What a great self-roast right there. I just want something... Do either of you watch Portland? No. Because... <laughs> yes. This is like the her latest venture into candle making is just making me think of that one sketch with the song like she's making jewelry now, she's got her life on track. Yeah, exactly. It's like I love that Anna's mother just has like an Etsy store. God. Oh my god, she probably does. It's been featured on Regretsy. Ah, uh, fucking, I miss Regretsy. Anna doesn't know about Etsy or Regretsy because she doesn't use the That's internet. That's true. 